to the Career Metis Podcast. I am your host, Nisar Ahmad, and this is episode 59 of the Career Metis Podcast. Uh, today's episode is part of the personal branding series. Um, if you have listened to the personal branding expert series episodes, uh, usually I've interviewed individuals who have really epitomized what personal branding is, and those were the individuals that are taking their brands to another level. Um, but today I'm going to be doing something different. I wanted to interview an expert who can elevate your business or even your personal brand to the next level. Now, I'm sure you've heard of this before. You might have read about it on Fast Company, Entrepreneur or Forbes. Uh, there's a lot of advice that talks about how writing a book can really help grow your business, help you get speaking engagements, even get your promotion. And, you know, at the end of the day, helps you become more visible in the marketplace and enhance the value of your brand. And to help us with that, I have someone who is a 10 times number one, not one time, not five times, but 10 times number one best-selling author. He's an advisor, speaker, and founder of Bestseller Big Business. Uh, his name is Trevor Crane, and Trevor will really, really help us understand the benefits uh, of being an author and how someone can go about doing that. So, hey, Trevor, welcome to the podcast. I'm I'm excited to be here. It's been a long time coming. We've been playing this game back and forth about uh, setting this appointment, but um, I'm excited. Thank you for having me. You're welcome, and I'm really excited as well because not every day uh, you come across someone who actually helps people uh, become authors. Because uh, I have interviewed authors, I've I read a lot, but um, you're 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 the person behind the magic. So that's that's awesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, one thing I always start off my interviews is always asking about a little bit about my guest, especially where they are calling from. So Trevor, where are you calling from today? I live right outside of New York City. I'm in New Jersey, in North Jersey, uh -huh. and uh, my family and I are going through a move right now, actually. So I'm I'm sitting in my uh, in my home office, uh -huh. and there are boxes and paint cans and things all around me. We're getting ready to move to Florida. We've got some family reasons we're going to be going to Florida. I actually think that maybe it's a state law in New Jersey that when you leave, you have to move to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking of Florida, I'm, I'm from Toronto and we Canadians have a special relationship with Florida. Uh, you know how cold it gets here. Um, if you have been, if you have heard of Canada, so a lot of, we, we call them snowbirds. There's a, uh, especially seniors during the winter, they migrate to Florida. So you might bump into a lot of Canadians as the winter months. Literally, come. literally, you mean even on the road, the snowbirds, I'll literally bump into them. I think that's possible. <laughs> So, uh, so why, uh, where exactly are you moving to Florida? Uh, my family and I are moving to Tampa. So we, we've got a really nice house. We just kind of upgraded to, so that's exciting. At the beginning of the year, my, my wife and I sat down and we decided 
we wanted to set some big goals. So our biggest goal uh, professionally was to have our best year ever. And that that's looking like that's going to happen. And then we set two personal goals. One was to buy a dream house. And then more importantly, was to finally get pregnant. We've spent uh, five years trying to get pregnant. And I'm proud to acknowledge now publicly that it has happened. We are currently um, we're expecting a baby uh, in, a, in a lot of months, but but, but uh, I'm pretty excited. And since we made the offer and it got accepted on the house, it's like everything's everything's coming out roses. <laughs> Congratulations. That's amazing news. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So, Trevor, let's uh, – uh, before we get into the interview, I, will, I know I just gave a brief introduction of who you are and I know I haven't done justice uh, so perhaps you can help us out uh, by starting off by telling a little bit about yourself and mm-hmm. how you came about. I mean, you know, how we got started and how you became the 10 time number one bestselling author. Well, first of all, uh, there's nothing really that special about me. So if if I can do this, then you can do this. Any, anybody can do this. Um, I, I now have a publishing company that helps people become authors. And we'll talk about a lot of that today. But I grew up uh, of a poor son of a horseshoer. Uh, there actually are people who that's their job. They put shoes on horses. And that, that was my dad's job. I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona with like I was the poor kid. You know, all my friends were more well to do. And, you know, my next door neighbor gave us more Christmas presents than than my family. Uh, my parents were awesome, but we had a lot of challenges growing up money wise. And I learned at a young age that uh I might want to go into business for myself. And so I wasn't the brightest crayon in the box. I went to school and in home life wasn't always awesome. We, I had, my parents got divorced and I had multiple, uh, stepfathers and, and stepmothers and, uh, they were eight or so I think I had 11 or 13. I can't remember. It gets kind of confusing. Different bro, uh, stepbrothers and sisters that were one, were one and then not one. Um, I I didn't like always being at home and getting in trouble with 11 other kids living in the house. That was kind of a tough one. Uh, so I tried to stay in school and do well. And even though I wasn't that bright, I worked really hard. And I'm, I'm not a, a, an idiot, <laughs> but I mean, it did. school didn't come easy to me. And But I don't know, I'm sure your listeners are probably familiar uh, with the story of, you know, you go to school, you get a good education, and then you'll go out and get that great job or that'll set you up so you can be successful in business. It's probably not a big surprise to anyone that uh, that doesn't exactly happen that way. And my real successes happened professionally when I finally hired my first mentors. And I picked my mentors very carefully. I mean, at first I just thought somebody who was successful could coach me and teach me and help me. And the thing is, is that people that are really good at what they do are not necessarily the best teachers or trainers or mentors. So what I found is the best way to find a mentor is if they've created results you like for other people, not just are they phenomenal, but are their clients phenomenal? Like if you're going to go to a physical trainer and you see he's or she is really fit, you're like, wow, they're amazing. I must be able to work with them. But look, look at their clients. Like do they do you like the results they have made for them? Oh, this person lost 50 pounds. This person's ripped like Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's what I want. So then, yeah, then you then you go with that mentor. So 
my first professional mentor that I hired helped me go from 20 grand a month, which I thought was pretty good at the time. I was hustling quite, quite hard and I thought it was pretty good, but he helped me go from 20 grand to 80 grand a month in less than five months. And wow. uh, I accidentally became a consultant after years of having some successes in my business. But Nisar, I've also had some pretty phenomenal failures. So I don't want to make this sound like, oh, you know, just poor boy, gone successful. Oh my gosh, I, I've lost everything twice. I've had to file a $2.2 million bankruptcy. Um, when when my daughter was, was two, uh, her mom left me and I had no more cars, no more stuff. My houses were gone. By the way, we call that homeless. <laughs> you know, at the time though, I had a pretty positive attitude. I called myself home free, <laughs> but, but uh, I lost everything and had to build things back. And so there was a time in my life, many times when I thought, who am I? Uh, the son of a horseshoer and who would ever want to listen to me and hear my, about my books, especially when I failed, brother. I mean, when when I was at my low and my daughter and her and uh, her mom and it were gone, like I felt like no one would ever want to listen to me ever again. So for those people who are thinking, I'm not sure I could write a book or should write a book. I, I'm with you. It, it took me over 20 years to write my first book. And I had people saying, oh, Trevor, you're a great communicator. Or, you know, that would be a great story and that should be in a book. But I never could figure it out until I used the secret recipe of finding a mentor to help me get it done. And I found a passion in the messaging and personal branding, like you mentioned, that is so powerful with the book. And you said, we're going to talk today about why it's so important that I believe everybody have a book. So let me ask your audience a question right now. Um, everybody do me a favor. Think about, and if you're sitting in front of your desk, you know, write this down. What's the most money you've ever made? Or if you don't, if you're driving in your car, don't close your eyes or anything. <laughs> but, but think about the most money you've ever made in a given year. So let's say it was uh, 50 grand or 100 grand or, or 250 grand, whatever, whatever it was. Then I want you to add a zero to the back of that. Because the first year, my wife and I both published books and we used, uh, we, we became number one bestsellers. That's what happened to our business. And I'm not saying that we sold so many books that we made that much money. I'm talking about the personal branding and the positioning and the awareness of our clients or potential clients so that they knew who we were. The sales conversation was done. The influence was done. The, the branding, the authority was done. We didn't have to chase clients in our dream anymore. Instead, we shifted to helping and serving and just our in income was exponential. And more importantly than that, Nisar, and I think this is another reason why your message matters, and I'm talking to you, I'm talking to every listener, is that you have greatness in you. You have had these amazing experiences of where you've overcome challenges or you're extraordinary at whatever you do. Even if it's just that you're all excited and passionate and you haven't had the success you want yet, but you're really excited about marshmallows, you know, you can, your message about marshmallows, maybe it's something more important than that, but let's say that it's marshmallows, your message about that matters and there's other people's lives who need it. The most powerful thing about when my wife and I first published books wasn't the money, it was, it was the people that we helped 
and the the impact that we had in those lives that we contributed to. So I think it's our duty and our responsibility to go ahead and get over our own stuff, whatever BS that is, uh-huh. so that we can get that message out there, put it into a book format, which is the capital T-H-E, most powerful marketing and branding tool on the planet if you write the right book and if you know how to market it and leverage it so people understand. So I want to go back to what you just said. One of the points you mentioned, Trevor, was uh, when you and your wife uh, wrote your books, it became bestsellers and all of a sudden things changed for you. You were no longer chasing opportunities. Opportunities were coming to you. So uh, for the benefit of the listeners, uh, you know, these are career professionals, you know, they're also looking to either switch their careers. So can you reiterate or explain what's in it for them? Uh, yes, it's great to share their message. It's it's great to make an impact. What, what are some of the benefits they can see by becoming published no matter what they do? So... Nisar, are you familiar with uh, the term of like drawing a line in the sand? Yes. The phrase, you know, I think it was, I, I always imagined it like somebody trying to be tough, like they're drawing the line in the sand. That's it. I've had enough. I'm, uh-huh. you know, uh, don't, don't cross this line. <laughs> but it's also saying it's identifying a line. I think one of the most powerful things for people, whether you have a job or you work for someone else or whether you Uh, have your own business or want to have your own business is to draw the line, define who you are, what you stand for, what what it is that your expertise or interest is going to be in. And I'm going to give everyone actually an insight into how to write a great book really fast uh, today if if you want. And one of the first things about your book, if you're going to write a great book, I think is, is understanding who the book is for. Like what's really cool about writing a book is it becomes your brand. It becomes a a part of who you are and what you stand for. And even if you work for another company, you have a brand and a role in that company. I don't care whether you're sweeping the floors or you're the guy that brings in donuts. You're the donut guy, the happy donut guy, or you're the guy or gal that brings everybody down and sucks the energy and light out of a room. So you have a brand. And when you publish a book around something, you you get to choose what that's going to be. You know, one of the core things about that is you learn with more depth and clarity about yourself. It it like is this personal branding thing for yourself so that you can answer the four questions that I ask uh, every author that I get the chance to work with so that they are clear about their book, their brand, their message and their marketing. And what is marketing and what is a book and what are sales? Oh, my God. It's just communication. It's that's all it is. It doesn't have to be scary. You're not a used car salesman. It's not that. And marketing. Oh, no. I do. I need to learn LinkedIn, Twitter marketing. You, you, marketing is communication. Sales is communication. Most people like to buy stuff. In fact, they get stressed out. They're like, oh, gosh, I'm going to go buy shoes or something. So people like to buy. But they but they don't like to be sold and they oftentimes don't like to do the selling. But all that is is communication. It's just and you can communicate it one on one. You can communicate on video. You can do it in text messaging. You can a million different ways to communicate. And so what's cool about a book is that it tells the world, tells you most importantly, and then it tells the world who you are, what you stand for, what you do. And a really great book is going to is going to 
illuminate not just, like I said, yourself, but other people around your strengths, what it is that you do really well, the problems you solve, how you help people so that maybe you become more than the donut guy. <laughs> and, and then it also shares, I think, the most powerful thing in today's marketplace is I think we're in a world of reality TV shows and authentic uh, communication, authenticity, transparency, vulnerability are the new powerful um, strength of brands these days and what engenders trust. So when you write a book and it shares your vulnerability, it shares your challenges you've gone through, you're transparent, you, you have no more BS and people can smell it. They, 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 they can tr build a they, – they trust you. I didn't show up here in Nassar saying – Hey, look at me. I've had all these successes. I mean, you read a couple of things from my bio. And then uh -huh. what the first thing I shared were my challenges. Nothing special about me. I'm the son of a horseshoer. I grew up poor. I wasn't that bright. If I can do it, anybody can do it. I filed a bankruptcy. I made a lot of stupid decisions. If I can do it, you can do it. Builds a hell of a lot more trust than Nassar. Look at me. I'm super successful. Everything I touch turns to gold. Nobody wants to hear that story. Uh -huh. Nobody's going to like you. And no one's going to go watch that movie or read your book because they're going to think you've got something stuck up the uh, your 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 backside. <laughs> uh -huh. oh, that, that's that, the authenticity is very very important, right? And I've I've seen a shift right now uh, compared to maybe like five years ago. Uh, five years ago, it was pro and correct me if I'm wrong. It was all about who I am, what I pro my projection. But nowadays, people want to see the real you, and that's that's amazing. People want to hear your full story. It's it's going in the right direction. That's what I see. I relate to someone. If I'm following someone, trying to learn someone, I want to hear their story. And if they are someone who has always had it successful, I'm probably I'm not that interested because uh, I get demotivated listening to their message. Yeah, this person has had it all. I want someone who has struggled, who has learned, who has grown. And I think people relate to that. Well, when some we've all heard it. I've heard people doing this and, and they'll be talking about themselves and they'll tell you how cool they are all their great accomplishments, and they carry on about it for a while. And I, I think bragging is important. I mean, I, I want to know, I want the world to know what I think I do best and all that. But at some point, we start to vomit on ourselves. We're like, oh, God, just shut up. Like, I get it. You're cool. <laughs> you know, you're, you're awesome. I get it. That's why I'm listening to you in the first place. Stop, you know, stack the stuff, the ego down your throat. <laughs> you know, so I think the cool thing about a book and for even for those people who you might want to write a book about a subject that has moved you uh -huh. or has uh, is, is most important to you. What's I'll give everybody again the four questions today if you want me to Nisar and um, what th this book isn't about you anymore. You know, it, it is truly something that gets to communicate, you know, what it is that's most important to you. It communicates with honesty and integrity. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to kind of repeat myself here. It's just, I think it's the most powerful branding tool you can have. And then we can talk about how people can use the tool. So I think kind of the important things is what's the right book to write. Um, and I'll answer your questions, any questions you want, but what's the right book to write? Why is it so important? How do you then leverage that book? Like, how are you going to use it? Because there's a lot of people who have books out there and I meet hundreds of them who tell me they wrote a book and then they're, they're, 
they're up, they're disappointed. You know, they, they built it and they didn't get what they wanted. And I think that's writing the wrong book or oftentimes not knowing how to use it in their marketing and communication and, and whatnot. So I definitely want to speak about the what and the how, what type of book you write and how to um, make it a success. But I, I just want to stick to the why a little bit uh, longer. So sure. I think, I think you've done a good job with the why uh, I mean, why you need to, it's the, you mentioned it a couple of times, the most powerful branding tool, and you gave all the benefits. For people who ask this question, for example, if you notice today, almost all celebrities have a book, like everybody on Shark Tank, right now they have one or two books. Uh, all comedians, like Tina Fey has a book, uh, but all these people released a book once they reached a certain level of success. Right. So what if someone listening to this? Yeah, these people, I, I've looked at all these books. They wrote a book once they became successful. What about me? I'm just create. I'm just, you know, in my mid 20s, early 30s. Um, I'm trying to establish my career. What do you say to them about when they should start when they should start thinking about or when they should start writing a book? So great question. I was asked recently on another podcast if I could go back in time and give myself advice, what age would I go visit myself and what advice would I give? And I, it was a great question and I answered right on the spot like I have, wasn't prepared for it necessarily, but I, I considered it and I decided to go back to myself when I was right around 20 and the advice was write a book. You know, it was pick a subject that you either love or want to love or want to be known for and write a book about it and don't feel scared, like like draw the line in the sand and write a book. And if you want to become, you know, um, acknowledged as an expert in a given subject just because it lights you up, then go interview the people that you that you are, are the best, the top of their game. And build a brand around it. You can build your expertise by interviewing others. And if you think that this is a silly thing to do, then maybe you think Oprah is a silly gal and she shouldn't have built her brand and business the way she did because all she did was interview amazing people. Great she point. has her established her brand as being one who is she's now an expert and a thought leader because of all the associations she's had with all the millions of people that she's been associated with. And then Tim Ferriss is a great example. He's the author of The 4-Hour Workweek. That's basically how he has grown his brand and he's met the governor. We're going to go using my voice for Arnold Schwarzenegger again, <laughs> you know, and, and everybody out there. So uh, and I have a client that came to me recently and she well, let me see it was maybe six months ago now. And she said, Trevor, I don't feel like I'm an expert in my subject. I, who am I to write a book? I need to wait. I need to build that expertise first. And I spoke to a 20 year old yesterday and or 20, they were 26 and they said, well, I can't write a book yet because I need to go do something profound first. I need to go succeed first. And I understand that that's the fear or that's the belief, but it's absolutely wrong. I mean, it's, you, you, you can do it that way. It's just the slow road to success. If you want a fast road to success. And I asked another client, one of my clients said, Trevor, or she said, um, I, I, she wanted to write her book about success. Basically that was the gross, the, the subject that we came up with. Um, and as far as the general subject and she, um, she said, Trevor, I'm not a six, I'm not really that, um, 
that successful yet. I don't think I can write a book on that yet. And I asked her about who she knows, like, like what makes someone a success or an expert in a given thing. And it was really interesting, brother. She didn't know. Like, I'm like, what makes somebody extraordinary or professional or an expert at what they do? And, and how do you know that somebody is good enough at a given subject? And what she said was basically, I don't know. <laughs> and then we came up with it and it was basically so that she was, it was somebody who was popular. So her answer about what it was that created someone who was successful was someone who was popular. And it was a great insight for me because I, I didn't necessarily even know the answer when I was asking her the question, but she brought up the question because she had self-doubt. Just like all of these people, the 26-year-old or I told you my client that I had six months ago and they had self-doubt that they weren't good enough or they didn't know enough and then you were saying, Nisar, when, do, when does somebody write a book? Can you write it before you've achieved excellence in a subject? And the answer is yes, because what we identified and what my client did who uh, she wanted to write about animal communication and she had just gotten certified in a class on it. And she said, Trevor, I'm just very new at it. I don't know. How am I to write a book? I don't know if I can do it. And so what she set off to do was interview the best people in the industry around it. And she was kind of a nobody, not even a nobody. She was a student, you know, and I think she's amazing. And I think her message matters, but she was considering herself to be a nobody. And everybody listening right now has the chance to go ahead and say to the, the universe, tell people, go out there and say, I'm writing a book and I would like to interview you for my book. Like, oh my God, is that powerful? I took a, a writing yeah. class from James Patterson and he said, you would be blown away by the, by the power of telling someone that you are writing a new book and asking permission to interview them for your book. And I even saw a video that Steve Jobs had given, he did years ago, uh, and, and he said that he had never found that if he asked someone for help, that a successful person ever told him no. And the positioning you have when you say, I'm writing a book and I'd like to interview you for my book. I mean, you're, you're telling the, the person you're interviewing, whether it's a doctor or a lawyer or someone you think is successful, you're saying, I respect you, I value you, and you're elevating your own expertise. I don't care if you're 13, 23, 33, 73, you say, I'm interviewing someone for my book about blank subject, can, when can I get a few minutes of your time? People are pretty much gonna open the door, and then if popularity, is one of the things that starts to establish your success in a particular given area. There's nothing like telling people uh, that you've got that book and that your book is out there. And if people are trying to look at me and say, hey, who is this Trevor Crane guy? Google me. Google my name. Find me on uh, Google. Find me on Amazon. Look at my books. Look at the, the people who have said something positive about those things. And your branding kind of is there. It, it, it's done for you. So everybody should write a book. Your message matters. And you have a choice. You can wait for the world to happen to you. Or you can make a decision to to frame the future the way that you want it and you can get up and go out and make something happen and you don't have to create success first. Use Oprah as a good example. 
You know, a roper was raped at a young age. She was an uneducated, you know, there were all kinds of challenges that came up with, with Oprah's background, but she just chose to do it anyway. And your listeners can choose to do it anyway, or they can choose to say, that's cute. That's nice. That might be something I'll do next year or next month or, or whatever. But my first mentor, Nisar, this is another reason why to write a book now is my first mentor didn't write a book until he came down with cancer and he was going through chemo and he was vomiting into a bucket every day and his hair was falling out and he was not sure if he was ever going to get up out of that bed ever again. And he was looking at his wife and he was looking at his son and he's like, what did I get to leave behind? What were his regrets? And I, I know what this is like. My grandfather passed away when he was 92. One of his major regrets was that he hadn't written a book. And my friend Mike was going through these challenges and said, that's it. I can't stand it. I have to do something. So in the hour a day that he had between vomiting into a bucket where he had enough lucidity where he could go ahead and focus, he pulled out his phone and he recorded a story. He recorded a book that was transcribed and turned into a book. And that book became a number one bestseller. That book helped him build a seven figure business on the back end of that book. And then he had a full rec recovery. And since he's written, written multiple books. And like I said, he was one of my first mentors in this industry that helped me get my book done quickly, publish it, make it a bestseller, and then leverage a mission behind the book that is much bigger than the book itself. The book, by the way, everybody just to let you know, is the beginning. The book is the start. It's not the end. People are just like, I want to write a book. Why? We're going to talk about those questions now, why it's important. But I believe you shouldn't die to leave your legacy behind. <laughs> I think you should live your legacy. Live it. And you need to decide what that is today. And if you don't know yet, then ask the question. Keep asking the question until you get the answer so you can contribute something to the world that matters. That's why we're here. Wow, that, that is really profound. And I think you covered you get, you covered that question, what to write uh, with examples very well. Thank you very much. So you, we have covered so far why and the what. And the last question that I want to spend some time on is how. So let's say going back to your example of the student who just graduated, you gave us some ideas of how to get started, but uh, can you expand on that? Let's say I've got the idea, no matter who I am, what career mm -hmm. I am in, what business I'm in, um, how do we go about writing a book and you know possibly also getting the word out there? Okay, so I'm going to give you guys what I think is the shortcut secret to this, but I'm also going to give you the in-depth um, version as well. So I, I asked everybody, if you are interested in finding out more about me, go, go put my name in at, at, into Google and you can find me. Right. Uh, but I'm going to give everybody a, my free book. And actually I've got two books I'm giving away right now. And if you go to trevorcrane.biz, trevorcrane.biz, I'm giving away my two books. Uh, and one of them is called How to Write a Great Book Fast. So as much as I'm going to give you a lot of that right now, Nisar, as far as how to help people, that's an amazing book because it shows you exactly what to go do in what sequence, whatever level you're at. And then the other book that uh, comes out, and you'll get it from that same site, excuse me, is Big Money with Your Book Without Selling a, big, uh, a Single Copy. I'll repeat that. Big Money with Your Book 
without selling a single copy. That is more of the mission behind it. And if you don't like money, then replace that with mission. Big mission with your book without selling a single copy. I'm talking about how to use your book for a bigger purpose than just your book. But let's get back to your question about how to start, how to get a book done and the how. And so there's four questions. I'll give them to everybody here quickly. And then I'll go into a little bit more depth, Nassar, and then please just probe me for whatever, wherever you feel like there's a gap. So the four questions, and they're really simple because I'm a, I'm a big dumb guy and I want to keep things really caveman simple sometimes. So write them down. Who, what, why, and what's next? And these are also phenomenal marketing questions. These are phenomenal business building questions. These are phenomenal sales questions to be able to answer. And this is what people are asking and answering unconsciously all of the time when you visit a website as well. People, this is just how we chunk things. So first of all, what's really important is instead of the what, Nisar, you said what, you know, is the example of what this book is going to write. I think that's great, and yes, you should focus on it. But more importantly, I want you to consider the first question, who? Who is this book for? Who is your ideal client to read it? Who is the perfect audience for this book? Who do you want to help? Who do you want to impact? And I'm going to give everybody a little short – I ask this question a lot – to people and you'd be surprised at the business owners who don't know the answer to this question. And they'll say, well, everybody, it's going to be a great book. (laughs) And what what that tells you is nobody. And then I I start to nail it down and I'm like, "Uh, well, my daughter's 10. Is she going to want to write, read this book? And they're like, well, yeah, maybe. And I'm like, really? What's your book about? And they're like, well, it's about, you know, uh, uh, marshmallow or whatever. They, they say something. I'm like, well, my 10 year old daughter will really be into that. And they're like, well, probably not. And I'm like, OK, my father in law is 72. Is he going to be into that book? And they're like, well, probably not. So I'm like, it's not everybody then, <laughs> you know, That's if it's true. not my 10 year old daughter and it's not my grand, who is it? And so you want to answer this question. Who is the ideal person? And I'm going to give everybody um, a shortcut on this one. It doesn't have to be the case, but in oftentimes the person looking back at you in the mirror when you're brushing your teeth in the morning might be a good starting target audience. People like you, most people, not all, would like to serve someone who is similar to themselves. They're they're looking at, gosh, the changes and challenges and things that I've gone through. I wish I could share with someone else like me. <laughs> it's a shortcut for those people who are trying to find out who. Now, I don't care. You're a guy and you want to write a book for girls. Go for it. You know, you can. And I'm not saying you can't. But if you're looking for the short, the, the, the short road of an answer, you might get some insights there. Or at least some similarities looking back at you in the mirror. So that's the who question. The next question is, what is your book about? You know, if you go to a website, that's one of the first questions you're asking. You go to, you click on a new website. You're like, Hmm, you click it and you're like, Hmm, what is this? What is it about? You asking that so fast, it's a fraction of a second. And then you actually are doing the next, the, the fourth question that I mentioned is what are you going to do next? You go to a website and you're like, what is it? And if you see some person's face, you're like, Hmm, it must be about them. <laughs> and then you're like, what, but what is it about? And you're asking the fourth question, what am I going to do next? If you're interested, 
or curious on this page. You know, if you if you're a young guy and you like boobs and they have they have girl bouncing girls on trampolines, you're gonna be like, ooh, this is interesting. You know, you're gonna say. <laughs> but if you're not that audience, you're gonna go. You're gonna be like, I'm not interested in bouncing boobs. You know, if you're a girl, you're like, I bet my boobs bounce all the time. I, they bounce too much. You're like not interested in that. So then you're gonna turn away, and that's a good thing. That's why beer commercials target a certain audience. God bless beer commercials. <laughs> But but they they understand their audience and they're like, what is it about bouncing? Whatever. Marshmallows. I should mention something a lot more G rated. So let's assume that it's about uh, uh, carpet. Oh, carpet. What an exciting subject. Well, it is. If that's what you're into, if you need new carpet for your house, then that's really important. Uh, but if you're not interested, so you're, the, the fourth question was, what am I going to do next? If you're on a website, you're either leaving the website, most people, or you're scrolling for more information, or you're clicking something to read more or watch a video or whatnot, or you're gone. And so people don't consider these four questions. I kind of covered one and two, which was one was who is the book for? Two is what is it about? And then the fourth question is what do you want them to do next? That's like the end game of your book. People don't consider these things, brother. This are, they're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to write a book, but, but they don't think about who and what. And at the end of this book, what they, they want people to do next. And I'm going to give a story about that as well, about why I think that's important. But let's cover question number three, which is probably uh, after you know who you want to serve um, and, and what this book is about, this is the most powerful question, which is the why. It's actually the first question you said, why should people bother writing a book in the first place. And so why should they open your book? Why should they read your book? Why should they buy your book? Why would they recommend your book? And there's two answers to this question. The why is basically what are the problems this book solves? That's number one. And what are the results this book delivers. And we'll use Tim Ferriss's book right now for an example here because it's a beautiful title, subtitle example of what it is. So you're familiar with Nisar with his book, The 4-Hour Workweek, right? Oh, yes. I've, I've read it and I've also read his other books as well. Phenomenal, right? And it doesn't yeah. appeal to everyone. Like it's not supposed to, nor does carpet, nor does marshmallows, and nor do bouncing boobs. They're not supposed to appeal to everyone, just those of us that it makes sense, right? Who are like are into those things, like marshmallows. Oh my God, that's amazing. I'm going to tell you that that's my most exciting thing and all those <laughs> examples I just gave. But, uh, but let's just say that it's, let's look at the title and see what it is. So the four hour work week. So let's think about this. Who is this book for? You don't know anything else, and I'm just telling you that that's the title. Who's the four-hour work week for? I, I would say th uh, this is for people, first start, who are not happy with the conventional 40-hour work week. They want to do something different. Um, so that's, the, that's one of the reasons I picked up the book. And so the title gives away, uh, you just said, people who – well, I'll give you a simpler answer because I'm more of the, the the I'm trying to look at it from a brand new perspective. And you're asked the question you're like, I don't know, people who want to work a four hour work week, which uh -huh. you just said presupposes that there are people out there. What's the average work week? 40 hours. And that's pretty typical. So this might be people who work a job or have a business that probably works them more than 40 hours a week. And they're looking at and they're like, mm, a four hour uh, work week that that might be interesting. Now, if they love their job. 
and they think working 40 hours a week or more is awesome, then this might not appeal to them. But it also is it, it also so it's who is it about? We also know or who's it for? We also know what it's about a little bit. Well, it must be about um, how to work a four hour work week. I'm guessing that's what the title is, you know, so I guess. And then we are like, why would somebody care? Well, maybe they would care if they're working more than that. Maybe they have a maybe they will have a problem. They don't like it. And maybe they want this other. So there's a little bit of problem and result in the why only in the words for our work week, which, by the way, is a result on the why question. Is it a problem or is it a result? It The four hour work week words are the result. That's what you get. The result that this book promises in just its title is the four hour work week. The problem is working more than that, or it kind of, it assumes that as the problem. And does it answer the question, what are you going to do next? Well, in this case, it's just trying to pull you in to read the book and it's probably going to give you the how of what you will go do next. And lo and behold, the book does deliver on that. It says inside of it, here are some things you should go do if you want to work a four hour work week. So it tells you what to go do next. So we've only done the, the the title so far, but let's go to the subtitle and see how that works as well. So now this is what is your, who is it for? What is it about? Why do people care? And what do you want them to do next? Let's look at the subtitle. The first part of the subtitle says, escape the nine to five. So again, Nisar, who is this book for? So, so this is for people. So going back to my answers, it's for people who are aspiring entrepreneurs who are trying to break away from the working class, right? People who are probably fed up with the 40 hour work week. Am I? You got it. Yeah. Cause it's assuming that there are working a 40 hour work week and it's a saying escape. It's identifying the problem. Again, this is not for people who are loving their job and think their job is awesome and want to keep working their job. That's not for them. You said it's an aspiring entrepreneur. Which is not you didn't say that this was for people who already are entrepreneurs. Not, not that wasn't your first answer, although it certainly could be. I alluded to that. I said many business owners are working more than 40 hours and they're thinking, what? A four, a four hour work week? You got to be kidding me. And it says escape the nine to five. It's those people who think that j- their job is like jail. What do you want to escape? You don't want to escape um, uh, vacations in the Bahamas. You want to escape the, the drudgery and the drudgery. You, where do you want to escape jail? That's what you want to escape. And so it's assuming that there's a problem working the nine to five. Escape the nine to five. The next part says uh, uh, live anywhere live anywhere is that a result or a problem that's actually a result it's a result and it assumes the problem it's saying hey wouldn't it be great to live anywhere when you know unfortunately you're locked down to the hour drive you go back and forth to work and you need to escape the drudgery it assumes that there's a problem behind it that this is for those people who might want to travel might wish they could live in a more uh, lush location and move from new jersey to florida actually i am a big fan of new jersey and not happy to leave the seasons right now but i'm going to embrace florida but it is it is identifying that third question, which was, why do people care? Those people want to live anywhere. And the last result that the book delivers in it's just its title, not to mention the image on the front, not the back, not the bio, not anything else. You don't know anything else about this book. The last words say, join the new rich. 
which presupposes that there is a new rich and it targets those people who aren't rich because it's like, hey, you're going to learn inside of this book how to join them. And who does this book target? Basically, anybody in North America, anybody in Europe, anybody who's working a job nine to five who wishes they didn't, who wishes they could live anywhere, who wanted to join the new rich. It's establishing that there is one. Uh And that there is a path to get it. And this book promises you might do it. It nails all four of my questions of criteria here. And people in their businesses, in their marketing, in their lives rarely consider these variables. This is why people pay attention to to anything are the thing a reason that it's going to affect them. Then someone might be willing to look at the image on the book that shows a guy sitting in a uh, between two palm trees hanging in a hammock. And it's like, huh, you know, with a laptop on their lap or something like that. I think that's the image. And then you get to the back of the book and move forward. So and people are like, oh, well, you asked me, Nisar, uh, how do we write this book? This is the beginning. This is the blueprint for your book. You know, don't, I'm not recommending that everybody go ahead and be all inspired and then you start journaling, which I think is a great strategy. And you you go, I'm not saying go take an hour out of every day and write every day. And I think that's a great, uh, also, if you want to learn to become a great writer, you can do that. that. That's a great idea. But think of this more about writing your book, about writing, um, building your dream house. I just told you, Nisar, that we picked out a house that we think is like our dream house in Florida. It's phenomenal. It's twice the size of what we live in now. It's got this beautiful pool. It's got um, this huge backyard. They're right off this little um, eco center where their deer come and eat there. So pretty, right? But Uh if I was to go build that house, I wouldn't go into my backyard right now in New Jersey and start nailing two by fours together. Most (laughs) people think when they are going to become a writer that they need to start writing. And I get it. And I think that that's a great aspiration. But I think you ask and answer these questions first. Get the blueprint first before you start writing. The big mistake I made, Nisar, for the last 20 years when I tried to write books and failed was that I just would get frustrated and start writing. It was like I went into my backyard, started nailing two by fours together, and sometimes I'd get all fired up. I'd watch a YouTube video, go to Home Depot, buy some lumber, come back home and start building something thinking I'm building my 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 dream house. And those are all analogies I'd say that I used for the book. I'd write, I'd spend all my time. I deluded myself that I just spent the weekend writing my book. And then another decade or year would go, well, the decade didn't come first. Another month, another year would go by without me having clarity. I wouldn't want to finish these damn books, brother. Cause I put, Uh I'm like, who cares? I'm like, why am I doing all this work? I'm so busy. I'm so stupid. I'm so successful. I don't have the time. I don't know who's it for. Who am I? We ask all these questions that hold us back and the fricking thing never gets done. So if you get clarity around these four questions before you begin, if you're building a dream house, you have an architect who gives you the blueprint. And then for most of us, we're not that handy. You know, we might think we are, and maybe we can hang a picture in our house with a hammer and a nail. <laughs> but for most of us, if we were to build our dream house, I'm not talking about a bird house or a dog house or an outhouse. I'm talking about your dream house. You'd have a blueprint done by an architect, not you on a cocktail napkin. You'd have um, a general contractor come in 
and they would actually hire all the different people to do all the stuff. And you wouldn't get all caught up on the minutia of the backsplash of in your kitchen for the tile. No, no, that's like out of sequence. That That's good. You know, if you have a chandelier that you think is beautiful and you want to eventually hang in the uh, front, then awesome. Then get the chandelier. But it's going to go into a box because the first thing they have to do is you got to decide where you're going to build this house. Is it in Mexico? Or is it in Manhattan or is it in Montreal? Because those are completely different. Or is it in Mississippi? <laughs> you know, where wow. is it going to be built? And then depending on the rules and regulations and who is going to come into this house and what is going to this house going to serve for, there are going to be a whole bunch of different rules. And then when the general contractor gets busy, he's going to bring in his, his – uh, the ground crew and they're going to dig down into the ground and they're going to build a foundation first and then they're going to lay contract and those Contra, uh, concrete and the concrete guys are going to come in and then they'll start building the frame around it. Oh, no, no, they got to get the plumber in there. They got to do the plumbing. They got to have the, the shit going out the back of the house. So they got to do that. That's important. You know, the plumbing's got to go in next and you and I might be all concerned about, but I really want faux painting in my living room. It's like, that's cool, dude, but you don't even have walls yet. <laughs> you know, like, so take, take care of the most important things first is, is what I'm getting from this, right? Well, everything has a sequence, you know, right. if, if you don't follow the recipe right and you're like, hey, well, I'm just going to I'm just going to throw these ingredients in the oven. And, you know, uh, but, dude, you, why don't you take them out of the box and mix it together? yet? No, 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 no. I, it says it's 450. I'm going to put it in the oven. You're going to you're going to start your house on fire. So you do. There is a sequence to things. And in books, especially if you want to get one done then follow the sequence. And the number one result here in this R is the same one I found in my professional life was to get help. Uh, don't, don't think that you should be doing this on your own. Uh, and it's deceptive because words are, it's just words on a page. You know, that, that's all a book is. But if you don't write the right book, you'll waste countless hundreds of thousands of hours writing a book that you're not proud of. And, you, and you're going to think this whole thing sucked and you're going to then hate – they won't hate me. They'll hate you because <laughs> they'll be mad at you. Why would you bring that bastard on there? No, they won't. But you won't be proud of yourself. And I see that all the time is that people write the wrong book and then they hide it from people because they, they realize they're confused about what the hell their book is about and who it's for. And they get all fired up about something. They invest thousands of hours of their time and then they write something that they think sucks. Those are great points. And so what we have covered today, Trevor, is we have covered the beginning, why, the the what, and also the how. So and thank you for going in depth and sharing all the secrets and the blueprint. Uh, very, very thorough. I love the examples. Uh, so, uh, I mean, I don't think anybody else could have done such a great job in explaining all everything that is involved in writing a book. So that's amazing. Thanks. Thanks for being part of this interview. You're welcome, my friend. And if people want to get more of it, then um, go get those two books. Like I mentioned, I have a free training that I give away that goes into more depth. And by the way, for those of you who might want to more, write a more fictional book or does this work if I have this idea and someone approached me and they wanted to write their book about monsters, you know, um, well, well, my daughter's 10 years old and she is a nine time number one best selling author. 
Wow. Her books are about Ninja Kitties. The Three Ninja Kitties is her first book. Uh, we made a little movie out of her second book called Kitty Wars. For those of you who think you're all who like Star Wars, you might be interested in Kitty Wars, an amazing <laughs> book and movie. Um, and then she wrote her next books about the, um, the, the magical mermaid. And I believe that everybody's message matters and my, my daughter's books matter. And they, 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 well, she wrote one of her books about bullying and about how the ninja kitties encountered bullies at school. And there was a message behind it. And it was all from, uh, my daughter's first book she wrote when she was seven, she became a bestselling author on her eighth birthday. There is a formula for doing this. I mean, my programs typically help people write their book, and go from blank page to bestseller in 90 days or less. And my daughter now started a, a business behind her books. You might have an idea of where that inspiration came from, her daddy. And uh, I believe there's a business behind every book, and the book is the beginning. And sorry, I know we're running short on time, but um, briefly I saw do you are you familiar with that presentation that Al Gore gave about an inconvenient truth do you ever remember seeing that or hearing about it um I've, I've heard about it I personally haven't seen it is is that the one about global warming or it is it okay. is and it and I wasn't necessarily an Al Gore fan but when I watched that video and I had seen his uh, presentation of it he fired me up I mean I'm like oh my gosh the world is melting and I was sitting at the edge of my seat and I was thinking why are we being so stupid to our planet and let's take care of something and at the end of the movie that was it. It, it. The movie said, this is an inconvenient truth. We're, we're melting our planet. And that was the end of the movie. He, he proved it. He said, look, look at the science. We're really killing our planet. And that really sucks. End of presentation. And I'm saying that I know I said repeated myself three times, but I was blown away because here I am all fired up with no place to go. He didn't give me any, any advice. In fact, I was confused. I went to the DVD and I'm I'm rewind. I'm like, well, where are the special? What do I go do? He never told me what to go do. And maybe I'm just stupid. And somebody's gonna listen to this and they're like, oh, well, Trevor, you didn't see. He told you to do this. That I, I did. Well, I didn't get it. it I, there was no synopsis at the end that said, now go do this. I mean, in Tim Ferriss's book, he told you and I to go do some stuff. There was the whole what to do next. I was pissed off. And I, I was thought, first, I was just confused and felt stupid. So I went online and. And I looked like, what does Al Gore say you should do? And what I found was, well, you could replace your um, light bulbs with fluorescent light bulbs. And I'm like, what? That's it? Like, I don't feel like I'm on fire changing the planet with like uh -huh. changing. And then I'm like, and you drive a Prius? Like, that's all I found out. And so, see, I believe that that book fell short because it didn't tell me what to go do. And I think that's the missing component. Even in my daughter's books, this is an important next step. We ask the, the reader and the parent and we embrace them and say, hey, if you would like to get more super kids books, that's my daughter's publishing company because we now have a publishing company for kids books, uh, kid book authors. If you'd like to learn more, come get uh, go get one of our join our free book club at superkidsbooks.com. And then if you'd like to learn about becoming an author, then we help kids become authors. And my daughter has a mission to help a thousand kids wow. become authors. And so we have a course behind it. Her books are bait. The books is the are the beginning. The book proves that you can. 
And that there's and it's the start. It's not the end. And that's where people really get mixed up. This is the next phase. This is the next decade of your life. Whoever is listening to this that's considering a book, this is the next the rest of your life. You get to draw your line in the sand and say, this is who I am. I'm not the donut guy. I am the woman that is going to step up and change the world. And this is what matters to me. Breastfeeding my, my kids. I'm going to be about being a great mom, about being a great dad. Write your book about something you care about. Have the courage, have the confidence that your message matters. And think about all the people that you might be able to help or worse or more powerfully, I think, consider all the people who will not be served if you fail to take the, to step up and and have the courage to go ahead and get your book done. They're, the people needs you. They need your message. They need your help. That's going to probably be my next book is that your message matters. Get over yourself and figure out what book you need, what your first book is that you're going to write so you can go make a difference. I think that's an amazing wrap up because uh, you just summarized the entire interview in that last few sentences. So thanks for doing that. Uh, I had a lot of fun doing this interview, Trevor. I mean, I learned a lot. You fired me up for sure. You gave me a couple of ideas of books that I could write. And I'm sure the audience has been inspired by listening to this. So once again, thanks for being an amazing guest. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here. And if anybody needs some help, reach out. And hey, it's the most intelligent thing you can do in the world to say, raise your hand and say, I need some help. The most abundant, richest, most successful people on the planet do it every single day. Include yourself in that group. Embrace who you are with the authenticity of where you're at. And then find somebody who can help you get to that next level. Thank you, Trevor. Thanks, folks, for listening to this episode of the Career Medis Podcast. Uh, I have written a brief summary of the interview with uh, the links to the two books that Trevor has provided as part of a blog post on the website. Uh, if you liked what you heard, feel free to subscribe to the Career Medis Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and even now on YouTube. And for more ideas, content, and resources, go to careermedis.com. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode and learned something new, feel free to post a comment or a review. And if you really, really loved it, definitely go ahead and share the episode among your network. Until next time, this is Nisar Ahmad, your host for the Career Medis Podcast. Thank you.